if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. Pumpkin Spice Edition. First, believe it or not, you can now get pumpkin spice scented trash bags for your house, (laughs) thanks to Hefty. So your trash can smell like fish and pumpkin. (laughs) Yeah. Second, they actually made a limited edition pumpkin spice spam Yes, that's a real thing. It sold out in seven hours. <laughs> and finally, in the world of food, if you're in love, you can buy your sweetheart a pumpkin spice engagement ring. It's the perfect way for the pumpkin spice obsessed to pop the question. Now, it's uh, basically a whipped cream shaped center diamond surrounded by white diamonds and orange sapphires encased in a cup shaped claw kind of mimicking a cup of pumpkin spice goodness the <laughs> ring box when you get down on your knee and you mm-hmm. pop it open it smells like pumpkin spice <laughs> now that's going to set you back over eleven thousand dollars wow <laughs> just get the Ooh. regular engagement ring and have a pumpkin spice latte there you go <laughs> on hand, i like right? that idea yeah. So everything's more expensive nowadays, and especially if you've been in the market for a new house. It seems like every house, you hear the commercials, it's a bidding war. We sold it for over 50000 of what we were asking, and somebody's paying that, right? It's you if you're buying the house. And what has been causing that? This thing that so many people love has dry, driven up the cost of houses. We'll talk about it next. So here's the deal with why part of the reason why housing prices have gone up so much and you're not imagining things. They've gone up like 25% in the past couple of years. And economists are saying it's because of something a lot of folks say that they love and they're not going to ever stop doing. And that is working from home. I said everybody deciding like, nope, I got to work home during the during the COVID thing. And my boss said I can keep doing it, so I'm going to do it. But since I'm going to do that, I need a better place <laughs> to work from Yikes. home. I need more space. That's expensive. So, yeah, so that's driven a lot of the demand for housing. And they're saying that it's responsible for over 60% of the house price surge. 60%. Whoa. Yeah. That's wild to me. Crazy. I thought during COVID, everybody was home so much, they were just like, this place is a dump. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Right. And then I also thought, like, with inflation and everything being more and more expensive, people are hunkering down and. You know, you got to love the car you have because, you know, there's hard to find cars. And I thought, you know, to me, the most expensive thing you can do in your life is buy a new house mm-hmm. because of all the, you know, all that goes into moving. I'm That's just, fascinating. I'm just telling you what the people, uh, the smart guys that wear the uh, pencil pocket protectors, they're saying. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. Like, working you know, from home drove up more than half of the increase in house and rent prices. That is fascinating. And it's likely to keep driving housing and other costs higher in the near future. I believe it just um, in my own neighborhood, a house sold in two days and it was a major bidding ward. No kidding. Yeah. Mm. So it's still seems to be a hot real estate market. We just, we just got our increased uh, uh, ta- tax bill, like with based on the value of your home. I'm like, if you want to buy my house for that much, <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> So you guys want to have a little fun? What household task is your responsibility at home? Like, I don't know, cooking or cleaning or cutting the lawn or uh, something like that. Uh, Household task. What if it were your job, like someone was paying you to do it, what task would you get fired from? 
<laughs> if it were your job, if you were being paid to do it, what Uh-oh. would you get fired from? I'll even go first in a minute. There's something that's kind of my job around the house, and I would I would fire me <laughs> without thinking twice because I'm just not good at it. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. What job that you have around the house, you know, it's your your task, your duty. Would you get fired from if you did it, you know, for someone else, if someone was paying you to do it? For me, it would be handyman. No one would ever, ever, should ever (laughs) hire me to do any type of home fix-it. If it's beyond changing a light bulb, there could be serious structural damage to the house when I get involved. I'll use uh, hanging pictures. It took me years to get that down Mm. as a skill. I just couldn't do it. We'd wind up with a divot in the wall the size of a softball with me just trying to hang a picture. And on top of it, I would get so frustrated doing stuff, no one would want to be around me. So as a handyman... I would, I would fire me. I can so relate to that. Like, I do not know how to repair things. My mom, I call her MacGyver. Mm-hmm. She can repair anything. She's amazing. She's so resourceful. But, like, this is how not DIY I am. I have needed to spray paint two rocking chairs that came with my house. They just, like, threw them in. Yeah. And I've had the cans of, of spray. I got the sandpaper. I can't get myself to do it. I'm scared. I'm going to just like, <laughs> I'm thinking about selling those and buying those composite ones that never need to be. <laughs> right. It's because a good idea. my husband's petrified. He's like, if you do that, you're going to end up spray painting our driveway or our house or right. spray painting something Something's that should wrong. not be sprayed. The, uh, and and it's, not, it's not a genetic thing. Like my dad, he has built his own log cabin. I'm not talking like a little shack. It's a it's a dupe. He built a duplex. One side he lived in, the other side he gave to his parents. Massive structure. And he built it himself. And my brother, he's a mechanic for Baltimore City. So there there is that capability mm-hmm. within my within my immediate family. Yeah. That gene skipped me. It's like my mom. I yeah. would be the uh handyman black sheep of the family. So what about <laughs> you? What around the house is your job? You you gotta do it, but if someone paid you for it, you'd get fired. So Kev asked the question earlier, if, you know, it's your job to do blank around the house, which job would you get fired from? And um, for me, there's a couple of things. I don't even know where to start, but uh, ironing could be there. I'll let like clothes just hang in the closet Hmm. and I'll get a big stack. And then if I like call someone like my mom who I haven't, you know, I need to catch up with, I'll put my AirPod in and get all my ironing caught up. Oh, all at once? All at once. I do one at a time. um, do you? Yeah, yeah. You just leave it wrinkled like in the day, closet. Yeah, like I ironed this shirt last night. Wow. Yep. I can't imagine ironing every day. I can't stand ironing. Takes like um, two seconds. One time I was sitting there in the kitchen with my clean freak sister and brother-in-law. I mean, they are the cleanest people you've ever met. Mm-hmm. And my brother-in-law goes, so uh, how do you climb up there to clean on top of the kitchen cabinets? And I went, uh... I don't. <laughs> I've told this story to people and they go, I've never cleaned the top of my kitchen cabinets either. You should that have could said, be dangerous. I have my own methodology, but I'm curious to see what yours is. He offered to Show do me. it. I was like, sure. You were embarrassed to let him up there, weren't you? He didn't end up doing it. Long story, but yeah. No, I would have been embarrassed, but I would have been like, I don't turn away help. How far would you go to help your son or daughter achieve their dreams? Nancy is 56 years old. She lives in Utah, and she is about to give birth to her own granddaughter. Hmm. It's all about love for her son, Jeff. You see, his wife, Cambria, 
uh, and he have four children who are the result of in vitro fertilization. Her daughter-in-law needed an emergency hysterectomy after they gave birth. Uh, she gave birth to their fourth son, but they had one frozen embryo left. So Nancy offered to carry the last embryo that they have. The baby I'm carrying is fully my son and daughter-in-law's baby, genetic baby. She's due in November, and guess what? They're finally having a girl. Nancy said, although she has not been pregnant in 26 years, her body is handling the fertility shots and the pregnancy symptoms really well. And shortly after the embryo was transferred, Nancy woke up in the middle of the night and heard a sweet voice say, Hi, my name is Hannah. And so they took that as a sign from God. That means grace or favor. And so they're going to name the baby girl Hannah. Coming up, how big of an impact do your friends have in your life? Think about that for a minute. We're going to talk about it next. How big of an impact do your friends have in your life? Seven in 10 of us admit we would really feel completely lost without our closest friends. More than half of people say they speak to their closest friends more about sensitive topics than their own family. Most of us have known our best friend for an average of 22 years and met them at work, high school, or college. And the things friends offer us, laughter, support, in a difficult situation, and always being there when we're, we need them. Hmm. Friendship is such a gift, isn't yeah. it? And, and no, matter how, no matter how dumb your decision was. They'll be there. They have your back. (laughs) (laughs) No judgment. Right. Uh, Well, I didn't say that. (laughs) Well, not that they tell you about. (laughs) I didn't say they won't won't judge you and tease you endlessly about your poor decisions. However, they will be there. Well, friendship really is a gift, isn't it? I mean, it just makes life so much better. And I, I, I don't know about you, but there's a couple things I've learned about friendship Just recently, see if this is you too. We're going to talk about it in just a minute. That was interesting to learn just a minute ago that seven in 10 of us admit we would feel completely lost without our close friends. And they really do make life better. But there's two things I've learned about friendship and see if uh, you've noticed this too, Kev, because I think you have. Number one, you never know when a new friend is right around the corner in your life. Hmm. Like they come from the most surprising situations. It could be, um, in my case, uh, a women's meeting that I got invited to and a lifelong friendship started from that. Or uh, we moved into a new neighborhood and we become really good friends with our, our a couple across the street from us. Mm-hmm. Like you just never know. And that's, so that's number one. You never know where new friendships are going to come from. And number two you have to initiate. That's so true. So often in friendships, like people are just, I think generally by nature kind of shy and they will think like, Oh, I'm not going to quote bother her. I'm not going to call her or text her because she's so busy or he's so busy. And you have to be the one that's always doing the initiation. If you're really wanting to pursue friendships. And the other thing that keeps happening to me, this wasn't going to be one of my points, I keep having friends move away. Does that say something about me? <laughs> I don't, I'm starting to take off. it personally. Yeah, yeah, run them off. They're all moving away. They're all moving to the beach, too. So I don't know what's happening, but I'm trying to stay in touch. Only one of them, the only way she wants to stay in touch is with Marco Polo. 
the app, you know, where you leave each oh, other I videos. I had no idea what that was. And I, I just never want to be on camera. So I'm uh, like, ah. But <laughs> we'd love to hear about the friends in your life that just make life so much better. They make such a difference in your everyday life. Give us a call. We're talking about what a treasure friendships are, Brian. You wanted to add to the conversation? Absolutely. I am truly blessed uh, to have my wife as my best friend. She is truly an inspiration, led me to Christ, and has been there, is my rock, and uh, just she's the person that I can go to and talk about those deepest darkest but yet also celebrate the uh, great things that we accomplish. That's awesome. I'm so glad you guys have such a close marriage. Absolutely. You know, having that one good friend is, you know, the person you can count on and uh, rely on, lean on is uh, truly a blessing. And I'm just uh, greatly appreciative of my wife being my best friend. We have some uh, some friends that are they're moving after we've become really tight with them oh, man. in the last uh, like five or six years. Ever since we moved into our new neighborhood, well, new, <laughs> seven years ago, moved into our new neighborhood. Um, Ida, we call her the Greyhound Pusher. She's mm-hmm. in charge of the, or she was part of the Greyhound Rescue, and she uh, introduced us to our first Greyhound, Lucrezia, and then five dogs later that are all connected to her. Aww. They're moving. Aww, they didn't sad. ask. They didn't ask They're us. They're not allowed to move. They didn't ask us, do you mind if we move? They just you know, built their dream house in the desert, and they're leaving without our permission. Uh. So whatever. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kev, I have the ultimate dog story for you since you've got five of them. Okay. My husband and I are huge dog lovers. And you know how dogs can just read a room? Like, they can tell whether everybody in the family is rejoicing or whether things are not good. And sure enough, they just did some research. And dogs can smell when we're stressed out. Hmm. And no kidding. Yeah, I noticed this, especially I've had four dogs in my life. And I notice mostly in my dog, Jackson, the Scottish Terrier, if I was like upset or like raised my voice or was like, it's not fair, that's not right or whatever. If I was he, his little ears would get back like, what happened? What's Hmm. going on? And sometimes he would run outside. So I would I would purposefully not get stressed in front of him because I didn't want him to feel my stress. Mm. Our uh, our dog, Marco, we call him our family emotional support dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, he totally can tell. Not can just smell your stress. stress if you're not feeling well. I think he's just he picks up on your body language. Yeah. And he just knows how, how you're feeling. Yeah. This is like it's all done. According to this. It's all done in detecting sweat and breath samples, and they they can tell by your sweat and your breath if you're stressed hmm. or not. Do you ever notice your dogs? They they like the foulest smells, like morning breath. My dogs want to smell my mouth first thing when I Ew. wake up. I'm just like, no, I've never noticed. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Get back. <laughs> or if you have like a band aid on, they're like. Uh-huh. <laughs> They want to know yes. what, like that an, spot. An injury. Yeah, I remember we had the best family story. Um, my. Glenn's grandma used to feed the dog caramels. Yeah. And this little dog had the worst breath we've ever smelled in our <laughs> lives. And their the Glenn's parents' dog, Fletcher, the fox terrier, would go over and smell Wendy's mouth and go, you know, that thing you yeah. said. Yeah. And then he would look away and gag. <laughs> it was that bad well, that the dog is gagging. If you ever want to know <laughs> dogs and their tolerance for bad smells, just remember how they say hello to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming up, wait till you hear this story of a real-life superhero. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news.
Check out this story of a real-life superhero. It's Timothy White. He lives in Harrisburg, PA, and he loves dressing up as Captain America. And he does anti-bullying campaigns at local schools. He also does special events. Well, he also works at a grocery store. And he had just left work. He's driving along, and he noticed this truck swerving all over the road. Looked like it was going to hit his car, in fact. Well, when he the guy almost hit him, he noticed he was he was nodding off. He looked like he was asleep. Mm. And he's like, what am I going to do? So he makes a U-turn, and he's four cars behind the guy. So he's like, what am I going to do? So he pulls the truck over. He's in his loafers and starts running down the road. Wow. And chases down the truck, grabs the key out of the ignition, and throws it in park. Mm. The calls 911. The guy was having a diabetic shock emergency. Wow, no kidding. And Timothy saved his life. He didn't have his Captain America uniform on, but he's a superhero. But he's still his Captain America. Right. Give me that U-turn sound effect again. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what it sounds like when you make a U-turn? Taylor action figure comes complete with sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what about screeching to a stop? Uh, Oh, uh... (laughs) <laughs> so it's the same as the U-turn, just an it's octave lower. lower. Yeah. Oh, okay, got it. Man, I don't know about you and your kids, but there is something that so many people in my life are dealing with when it comes to their children, and they're just kind of like beside themselves. Maybe you have some advice for them if you're going through it too. I'll tell you what it is in just a minute. Are you going through this with your kids? And if you are, if you have, I'll tell you what it is. If you have some advice. I would so love for you to call. So here's what it is. I, every single, almost every single woman in my life is a mom. And I keep seeing this struggle over and over and over again in m- the moms in my life. And that is feeling the weight of the academic stress in their children's lives. And they can't get their kids to work ahead. It's <laughs> like, no, mom, I'm good. I'm good. I don't really have anything. And then all of a sudden it's Sunday night and they're starting this huge or like 30 (laughs) pages were supposed to be read by by midnight. And all these nowadays with everything online, everything's due at 1159 p.m. Mm -hmm. So there's this debt, this hard deadline. And I don't know what it is, but like these moms are telling me the kids are just kind of like almost lethargic about it. They're just Mm. like. Uh, no, I haven't done it yet. Are they? It's almost like they have a warped view of time. They think midnight's <laughs> never going to get here. But man, I they're stressed. So then they confide in me, which I love. I love encouraging the moms in my life. But then I feel the stress and let them know I'm praying for you. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening to our children. And these are real conversations that we're having. So if that's you and maybe you have some advice, maybe you've been through there. We would so love to hear from you. Yeah, give us a call. Karen, how about you? How about your kids? Are you feeling their academic stress, even though there's nothing really you can do about it? You can only nag them so much. You know what's funny is that I'm a retired teacher, so I'm calling from the opposite side of that uh-huh. to say that moms have already been through school, and they need to let their kids take ownership of that responsibility. So almost like let your kids fail because they're going to learn from their mistakes. Is that what you mean? Absolutely. Yeah. How are they going to learn if we do it for them or if we nag them to death? Right. And maybe we were lucky with our kids, but um, their teachers, their school, every one of them went to the same middle school, had uh, an agenda and they had to like fill it out every day. 
And if mom and dad right. wouldn't know what's going on, they could look at it. And they were always just right. always on top of stuff because of that agenda. Right. Well, and see what's happened now is that technology informs everybody. Parents get these alerts when their kids don't have assignments turned in. And then who's freaking out? <laughs> the right. moms are freaking out. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. So I like those agendas and those. Pa- I'm a paper girl. I'm not a. I'm not a, a media girl. So yeah, those kids need to take ownership of their own assignments. Okay, could this be the best medicine when it comes to dealing with menopause? The biggest complaint is loss of sleep quality due to hot flashes. Well, turns out the secret may be foot massages according to brand new research from the north american menopause society based in cleveland a foot massage during menopause can increase a woman's average daily sleep by as much as an hour a day and when she's getting more sleep she's dealing with the stress of life a whole lot better so there you go foot massages is the key i'm surprised that there's a national menopause society in cleveland uh-huh. are you yeah. No, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> when you hear about what women go through, and yeah, I mean it's real and it happens. But I'm just I, I had I had no idea. Are you looking for little ways to save some money? Coming up, frugal people shared their favorite money saving tips. Are you looking for little ways to save money? Anything to make it to the next paycheck, right? Well, they asked frugal people their favorite money saving hacks. First, when you go out as a couple, share one meal. A lot of times the restaurant entree is too big anyway. Second, switch back to bar soap. It's a lot cheaper than liquid soap and lasts a lot longer. Third, never buy the newest technology. Your three to five year old iPhone is going to be fine. And the last advice from uh, for saving money from frugal people, Kev, see how you feel about this one. Slow down while you're driving and don't gun it at stoplights. You gain about three miles a gallon when you do that. Remember when uh, Jesus said to one of the disciples, get behind me, Satan? (laughs) (laughs) Such what you're saying to that fourth tip. A lot of those tips. (laughs) I mean, think about you go to a restaurant, right? And you share an entree. That's what my in-laws do. Imagine Always. the thrill your server feels when they watch their tip dropping right in front of them. No, you have right to tip the same amount oh, as if. No one's going to do that. They're going to yeah, tip on the bill. Do. No, they're not. They're not going to go, okay, let's tip as as if. You're talking about frugal people. People that are cheap to begin with. They're going to up the tip? No, they're going to tip on what my they got. My in-laws do. And do you know that they're so nice about it? Because I think they're used to older couples who lose their appetites. They'll split the salad for them back in the kitchen. I think your your in-laws are, are one of a kind, and most people are not going to tip more than the bill was. So I'm just feeling the server's pain there. Is that, that total's going down, they're watching their tip go out the window, and they're having to work just as hard as, as if it was uh, you know two entrees. We should talk about this whole tipping thing and, and make it a little bigger than that, because it seems like everywhere you go nowadays, no matter what it is you're buying or what it is you're doing, they want a tip, <laughs> like, no matter what it is. Have you been, uh, do you have a little tip fatigue? Have you experienced that? I, I know I have, and I'll tell you one specific place that I was like, really? You're asking for a tip for that? I'll tell you what it was in a minute, but we'd love to hear from you. So uh, we're talking about tipping uh, today. And, and first of all, a little backdrop on my perspective on on tipping. My wife was a server 
at an ice cream place, at a pizza place. So totally understand the effort that's put into it and how disappointing it can be. A couple of my daughters work to servers too. How disappointing it can be when they, you do a great job and somebody either stiffs you on a tail, like doesn't tip at all, or they give you like a dollar or something like that. And that's so that's the backdrop. However, I do have some tipping fatigue right now where everywhere you go, everyone expects or wants a tip. And it'll come up on the like little screen. The I think the most ridiculous place was the automatic car wash. You know, where they don't wash your car for you. <laughs> really? It came up for mm-hmm. a tip? Mm-hmm. You <laughs> That's go funny. through the automatic car wash and then you go and vacuum the car out yourself. They have it a lot of these now. I don't know if this happened to you, but you pull up to the little screen and some guy appears out of nowhere. Hey, let me help you with that. So what wash do you want? I'm like, I don't, I don't need this. I don't, yeah. I, as a matter of fact, if you had a lane that was no assistance lane, I would pick that one because I'm so annoyed by this. Anyhow, you go through that whole process and then they say, and how much would you like to tip? And it takes a lot of like self-confidence to go, nothing. Because I didn't, A, I didn't ask, need, or want what you're doing. This isn't a service. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing everything myself. Why and who am that I tipping? so awkward. Right. <laughs> so I, I find that scenario really frustrating. And by the way, this is not to brag, but just to let you know, I am a very generous tipper out to, when we go out to eat and stuff. 20% is the minimum I'll give someone. If someone is a terrible server and they ignore us and put mm-hmm. their thumb in the food, I still give them 20% because right. they're working hard. That's yeah. the starting point for me. I'll go, only go up from there. And we've got a family of six, so that can be a lot. But I feel like if you're going to go out and eat, you, you owe it to that person that's your server to tip them well. That's why they're there. So anyhow, with all that said, I do have tip fatigue from like some of the places you go where you, you practically get your own food, right? They just take your order and they want to tip for that. You're like, why am I tipping for that? <laughs> I don't understand. Have you experienced the same thing? Or are you listening and going like, oh my gosh, Kev, you are so cheap. Just just tip the person and get on with your life. Where? How do you feel about all this? Hey, Mandy. So you heard Kevin's frustration. He's got tipping fatigue. Are you feeling oh, the same my, way? Yes. I love tipping servers, but I mean, are we going to say next that cashiers get tips? Because <laughs> nobody's going to work in any other job because they can make 10 times more at those. Because it's like, how do you get a tip? Now, we're going to go to self checkout next and ask how much we want to tip. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Because, you know, somebody was stocking the shelves and then they should be tipped. I heard the latest thing, get this, guys, in New Jersey, they're adding this on to the bill now the kitchen appreciation fee. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And it can be up to like 25% of your bill to show, you know, the cooks. That you appreciate them. And that so that will be in addition to whatever you tip your server. Wow. It's crazy. My daughter used to be a waitress, and then I got very mad because they started taking her tips and dividing it among the kitchen people. Mm. Mm. They get paid twice or three times more than waitresses. Why are they taking their tips? Right. Hey, before we hang up, um, Griffin, our producer, he's going to give you our Venmo information if you'd like to tip your DJs. <laughs> <laughs> 